this is how we're going to do it today. We have had some amazing responses to this discovery component of our worship uh, during the summer. You know, we've got lots of things that we're doing during the summer. Summer is a time when we kind of take things a bit more easily. We take opportunity to rest. We take opportunity to do the thing that Jesus said we should do, which is abide. It means that you stop doing the things that you normally do. Abide. And Jesus says, if you want to be fruitful, you have to abide. So that's what we're going to do. So next Sunday, we're going to encourage you in your house churches to gather and have fun and invite your neighbors and do the kind of July the 4th thing that you would normally do on that weekend without worrying about whether you can get the church or not or whether you can kind of join in online. So July the 2nd, we're not in the building, but we will be functioning as church because church happens out there too, doesn't it? So that's, uh, that's what we're doing during the summer and summer is a great opportunity in that abiding to listen to what it is that God's saying to us. And so things like dating women in the word that's all part of the package that Jesus put together for us for the summer. And as an experiment, we've been doing this discovery model in the large format of a Sunday morning. And people have been getting incredible things about it. I've tried not to feel, you know, kind of threatened or upset or really discouraged, but people have been saying things like, man, I got more out of the service than I've ever got out of it in my whole <laughs> I'm like, okay, great, yeah, that's really good, praise God. I'm really, really grateful for that. So, um, so people are really, are really kind of sensing God speaking to them, and, and you'll see what it is that we're going to do. I'm going to read a passage here, the final passage in John 18, and it's the conversation between Jesus and Pilate, Pontius Pilate, the man who, in human terms, held the life of Jesus in his hands. Now, of course, Pilate doesn't know this and neither did the people around Pilate, but Pilate had no capacity to hold the life of the king of kings in his hands. But this was what Jesus was doing in surrendering his life so that we might know God. So I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read the, um, the passage again, and I'm gonna read it from the NIV version, but not the NIV 1994 version, because it seems as though that doesn't work very well in terms of the translation sometimes. Okay, so I'm going to read it and then we'll see where we get from there. Jesus before Pilate, John 18, verse 28. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, what charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Jesus, uh, Pilate said, take him yourself and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you've done? 
Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone who is on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. With this, he went, out, he went out again to the Jews, gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him, but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They shouted back, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. Now last week we used a little bit of Lectio Divina, which is a posh word for reflecting on what it is that God is saying. And the way that you do that is often that you take a character in the, in the text. And in this text there really aren't that many characters for you to adopt. There's Pilate, there's Caiaphas, there's Jesus. But on other weeks we've just looked at the passage again and just asked God to give us a highlight. What is it that he's saying to us today? It could be that something just grabs your attention. It could be just one little phrase that, that draws your attention to the text in a fresh way. Let's read it quietly. Let's allow the Lord to speak to us. And then we'll do the thing that we've been doing over these last few weeks. We'll just share what it is that we see in the text it doesn't have to be special. You don't have to present it as thus says the Lord. It's just something that you see in the text that you find interesting. We're going to share that with one other person. So we'll just give you a couple of minutes to read the text and see what it is that's special there for you.
So what was it that caught your attention? Maybe read the passage many times before. Just share that one thing that you saw with the person next to you and then let them share what it is that they saw in the passage themselves. Just go ahead. Just a couple of minutes. Real quick. We've got Todd up here. We've got Darby here. Yeah, there you are. Yeah. yourself I mean okay both people both people shared both people shared yeah all right so you're you're so into this now you're so into this now that you've I saw hands going up even before I invited so so have we got some things that we see in the text that we maybe haven't seen there before that that we just want to highlight. Just put your hands up. We've got some people. Todd, are you going somewhere? Oh, you're going, <laughs> okay. I thought you might be going to the bathroom or something. Okay, so you're going up there and then come back down to here to Tyler. And what about this side over here? Hang on a minute, Darby. There's somebody at the back over there, look. Yeah. All right, oh, Chad, we know you. Hey, you think you know me. But here, now, um, I thought it was interesting in verse 33, Pilate asks Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Yeah. And I'm curious about where he even got that idea because that's, I mean, he asks the Jews, like, what charge do you bring? And they just say, ah, oh, well, he's a criminal. They, he doesn't, they don't say what charge sure. or they don't say he claimed to be king. So I do wonder where he got this idea of yeah. Jesus's kingship. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? That my, my guess is that Jesus has been kind of creating something of a, a spectacle and, um, and people have been speculating as to what the spectacle's about. So maybe that's part of it, but um, but Pilate is is kind of curious about Jesus's identity. Is that is that basically a fair representation of what you're saying there? Great, Chad. Let's say see somebody over here. Tell us your name. I'm Tom. Tom. Uh, hey, Tom. It was verse 36 where Jesus tells Pilate about fight for his servants. And that yeah. kind of struck me. What did he mean by that? You know, where Peter, he tells Peter, put yeah. away your sword. I was thinking the same thing. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So, so Tom's saying, if his kingdom was of this world, then his servants would fight for him and would obviously be doing the normal kind of violent overthrow thing that... And Jesus tells Peter to put the sword away, doesn't he? Yeah? So that's kind of interesting, isn't it? So, so, um, so Jesus is saying that his kingdom is, is not the usual kind. Is that fair, Tom? Yeah? Is that fair? Good. Who else is over here? Right there, Todd. All right. Good morning, hey, Paul. Paul. How are you? Um, so verse 37 struck me, um, and uh, you know, Jesus typically makes it so basic and so simple, and, and the typical response, skeptic yeah. response is what is truth. So he just says, I was born 
to bear witness to the truth. Right. If you listen to me, you will hear truth, or you will you will see the truth. Yeah. Um, and of course, Pilate says, "What is truth?" Is that's what the world does, right? What it tries to confound things, try to confuse things, and, and it's just not that hard. It's just listen to Jesus. Right. So that's really good, isn't it? So, so Pilate is curious, but he's also confused, especially about truth. Yeah. And Jesus is saying. If you listen to me, there's no confusion. Is that basically what you're saying there, Paul? Yeah? Is that good? Yeah, great. Fantastic. What else we got? This is cool. I love this. Oh, oh hang on. Where, where's Darby gone? She said, oh, <laughs> I'm like going, where's she gone? And then, and then Tyler, yeah? And then, and then I think, oh, I think we've got an elder in the house who's going to speak. Everybody has to stand up when he speaks, okay? Okay. All right, I'm Ben. You're Ben? Yeah. Hey. And what stood out to me was that Pilate asked both the Jews and Jesus what you have done. And yeah. neither, neither of them gave him a straight answer. Right. So that sticks out to me like, okay, maybe that... This, the storytellers are making a point here. Well, he didn't do anything because they can't even answer that question. Yeah, so whichever way you look at it, the storyteller is saying, we can't, f there's nothing in the story that would justify this action. Yeah? Is that basically what you're, you're saying there, Ben? Okay. So let's put that as a kind of general comment, storyteller comment, yeah? So storyteller... No justification for Jesus' death. Yeah, because basically nobody can come up with a straight answer. Yeah, that's really good. I, I like that. That's, you, are you kind of like an English major or something like that? That's kind of clever analysis of the text. Oh, yeah, nodding. Yeah, no, we know that. Yeah, Tyler. Okay, I actually heard this from a sermon online, so don't give me credit for this. Okay. But when Jesus said, for this reason I was born, and for this reason I came into the world, he's not saying the same thing twice. Him being born relates to his humanity, and him coming into the world relates to his divinity. All right. God is, Christ is 100% man and 100% God. Ooh. Did everybody get that? So Jesus is born human but he came into the world I mean human beings don't come into the world do they human beings are in the world so he came into the world as God I don't care whether you got that online it's still cool that one Tyler yeah into the world as God yeah so he's born human being he's come into the world from another place and that means that he's God yeah at minimum it means he's not part of this world anyone else right there and then and Gary and 
Or is it, Gary, are you just kind of putting your hand up for other people? Okay, Gary, go there, and then we've got a little cluster of revelation over here, so we need two or three. So the, the Jewish leaders shouted back they wanted Barabbas. Yeah. They hated Jesus so much yeah. that they didn't care about the truth. Yeah. They could not see the truth. <clears throat> Pilate couldn't see the truth. So I just think sometimes a hatred can blind us to the truth. Mm. Mm. They, were, they were blinded by hatred. That's cool, isn't it? Wow. It's groovy. A couple more over this side. Hey, Darby, where are you? Have you got somebody else over there? Chad's not allowed to say another thing. Oh, no, it's Hunter. It's okay, that's all right, yeah. Okay. Right there. Hi, I'm Gage. Gage? Hey. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, kind of piggybacking off what Gary said, there's so many opportunities that it gave him in that short text to save Jesus, but they refused every single time. Yeah, yeah. Because they hated him that much, yeah? So they... They refused the opportunity to save Jesus. And that's the Jewish leaders and Pilate, isn't it? It's kind of both of them, really. Yeah? So we got a double arrow there. That's good. When you get a double arrow, Gage, that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah? And I want to see the day when you piggyback on Gary. Because what are you? You're like 6'4", and he's like 4'9". So I don't, I don't think that's going to be a fun day for Gary. But I'm, I, I, think it'd be, you know, I think everybody would pay to see that, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, let's... let's you, maybe you have to get your, that knee straight first, Gary, before you give him a piggyback. What do you think? Yeah. Okay, right there. And then there's one up there, Darby. We'll get you with Darby up there, and then... Hi, um, my name is Elizabeth. Hello, uh, Elizabeth. Hello. Um, the thing that stuck out to me was that the the Jewish people wanted to stay outside the palace so that they would be <laughs> remain ceremonially clean, oh, so fun. they could eat the Passover. It was kind of ironic, but that's what they're doing. Isn't that interesting? So they wanted to be ceremonially clean. Clean and also kill Jesus. <laughs> huh? It's, it's, it's basically it, isn't it? What awesome people. You just got to love that kind of religion, haven't you? What about over there, right there? Hi, um, my name's Mike. And, uh, You're Mike? <laughs> yeah, another Mike. Oh, another Mike. <laughs> Hi, Mike, yeah. Uh, in in uh, verse 31, when he says, hey, take, take him back and him yourself and yeah. say we have no right to execute him yeah and yet they're willing to stone people according to the law makes you think makes you wonder if they they want to get him killed but they know that he hasn't broken the law right so that's why they're trying to off put him interesting yeah and it says in the text there that this was to fulfill what jesus said was going to be the kind of death that he would suffer so it's not going to be this kind of communal death where a whole group of people get together and say, oh no, we need to, we need to kill him by stoning. It's, it's the way that Jesus had chosen it. So, no 
authority, but still committed. Yeah? To killing. Where does it say kill? Up there. All right. Good deal. A couple more. Tim? Tell us who you are, Tim. Yeah, uh, my name's Tim. Hey, Tim. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, one thing I noticed is that there's sort of this underlying theme of authority and nationhood because yeah. these, you know, yeah. three groups all represent yeah. a leader. Yeah. Um, and the two, like verse 31 he was just talking about, is sort of this, there's this power struggle going on sort of attention at least, like the Jewish leaders want authority and Pilate says, well, like, you got some laws and they're like, well, yeah, yeah. we don't have enough. Yeah. Um, and then it comes to Jesus and Pilate's like, are you the king of the Jews? So he's, he recognizes there's some sort of an authority issue going on there. Right. And I think Jesus sort of flips the script and says like, it's not about these nat national authorities, it's about this other thing. Wow. It's getting deep, guys. So, Jesus says it's about truth, not your authority. Yeah? Because the other thing he's talking about is, is that right? Yeah. So, it's interesting, isn't it, this? So, if you, if you say to somebody, I'm the king of truth, and then the person who you've just said that to says, what is truth? It's a really weird way to respond to somebody, isn't it, when they've just said, I'm the king of truth. My kingship is about truth. And Jesus is saying, well, it's no good asking about truth. I'm the truth. Yeah? So it's the whole thing's really fascinating. Isn't it? These people are talking at cross purposes with one another. Okay, let's take a couple of more things. Darby, you got, some, you got a sense of a hand over here, did you? Okay. You may have to track over there. And then is there some? Yes, Hunter, go for it. Okay, so I'm Hunter. I want to go back to what Mike, the verse that he sh pointed out. Um, yeah. So it seems though, Pilate says you take care of it. Yeah. No one has mentioned killing him, but the Jews go, well, we can't execute them. Who mentioned execution? Yeah. They. So it's like their agenda from the beginning. And we pointed out they can stone people, but that wasn't even mentioned yet. Sure. And so they're the ones, like, almost like planting the seed. Well, we can't execute them, so why don't you? So, so, so there's a lot of dodging of responsibility, even though they have a preferred outcome. Yeah. So they're looking for an outcome, but nobody wants to take responsibility for that outcome. Is that kind of what we're saying, Hunter? Yeah? Yes. All right. Let me try and get that up there. So we have an outcome, which is death. But, but no one... takes responsibility. Oh, I haven't got enough room, hang on. There it is, yeah, got it. Responsibility, okay, we've got, 
right there. Wait, oh, oh, right there first, yeah. I know who you are, but tell everybody else. You do. I'm Sydney. Sydney. Say hello, Sydney. <laughs> there you go. Um, so what immediately came to my mind is that we get a lot from Jesus here in front of Pilate, whereas in the other three Gospels, we get one simple exchange. Are you the king of the Jews? Responded with, it is as you say. And the, it is as you say, can be pulled out of this final response of, and I have an ASB here, but you say correctly that I am a king. But how do we get all this extra detail? What well, has to be because John was there? Because if you move exactly. back to the previous chapter, exactly. you know, the other disciple goes into the room with Jesus. So it implies to me that John stays with Jesus for as long as he can. Yeah. So when this story is shared with others, they pick up on the key thing to them of Jesus did, in fact, acknowledge that he was the king of the Jews. Whereas John's saying there was more being shared here, like that was really important from yeah. our yeah. from our high priest and our, our savior. So. so that's a really important point, isn't it? That what we have here is eyewitness detail of a conversation that's taking place between Jesus and Pilate that can only be basically found in an eyewitness account. And so perhaps, along with the other characters that seem few in the story, we need to put John the eyewitness and here's the thing in every culture around the world eyewitness accounts are assumed to be trustworthy that's the whole point of the legal system the legal system is dependent upon a witness that is trustworthy and what we have here is a trustworthy witness giving us insight into stuff that's going on in a conversation between Jesus and Pilate that I think is truly revelatory. Last word for, to this gentleman. Tell us your name. Hi, I'm Kenny. Um, I was going with the, with the point before that everybody is dodging responsibility here and even uh, while Pilate's going, I don't find anything, I don't find anything, <laughs> tradition says, I give you one, you give you a choice, one or the other, and they chose the murderer right. over Jesus. Um, and it's just amazing to me that the entire process was we're going to ignore the truth, but yet Jesus was the truth. Yeah. And it had to go that way because of you know, prophecy. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. So we've got the king of truth who represents the kingdom of truth. And he's prepared to stand on the responsibility of being the king. John, the eyewitness, is taking responsibility to be there. Honestly, I mean, he must have been scared at the risk of his own life. So there are some people who are taking responsibility within the story, but the people who seem to be the key players are trying to dodge responsibility. For me, that makes me reflect a little bit about who is it that gets to see what God wants to do and who gets to miss what it is that God's doing. It might have something to do with the level of responsibility that we're prepared to take. Yeah? That's just my thought. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. We've probably, uh, we've probably done that enough now. I've got two watches on just in case. Um, that's my 
workout watch. So, um, and that's my non-workout watch, which tells me to rest all the time. Work, rest. It just depends on which wrist I'm looking at. What I'd like you to do is one minute. What's your intention? What's your intention from this amazing story? What is it? There are some people who refuse to take responsibility. There are people who are dodging responsibility. There is someone who was born as a human who came as king among us, king and God. Jesus says, however confused you might be, Pilate, if you listen to me, you won't be confused. The storyteller tells us that there's no justification for what it was that would happen to Jesus. It's the choice of Jesus to do the thing that he's going to do. Let's just reflect on this a little bit. See what it is that the Lord is asking of us to make an intention for this week. beginning to hear something from the Lord I think that he, he wants me to concentrate on this next week why don't you turn to a person next to you and just begin to it may not be that you got it fully formed yet but just begin to say to them this is my intention for this next week based on the passage that we just read just turn to a neighbor and do that Okay, I'm going to invite the band back up. Let me just tell you what we're going to do next. We're going to have the band back up, and, um, and then we're just going to go into a little time of communion together. There's lots of things for us to reflect on, lots of things for us to think about. And then I'm going to share with you just one reflection before we go home. So let's, um, let's just allow what it is that the Lord is beginning to do in our hearts to take root there as we sing this final song and move into a time of communion.